Welcome to the Newson Health Menopause Podcast. I'm Dr. Louise Newson, a GP and menopause specialist, and I'm also the founder of the Menopause Charity. In addition, I run the Newson Health Menopause and Wellbeing Clinic here in Stratford-upon-Avon. Today for my podcast, I've got with me Victoria Duddles, who is a solicitor at Wakeman's and we actually first met a few years ago now at a conference or a meeting that we were both talking at. So I just wanted to explore some issues really that can affect women who are perimenopausal or menopausal in the workplace. So thank you for joining me today, Victoria. Hello, Louise, and thank you for inviting me. So just explain a bit, if you don't mind, about what you do and what your job involves, just to set the scene really, if that's okay. Okay, so my role is I'm an employment lawyer at Waitman's in the Birmingham office. And as part of that role, I am in the main advising employers on employment law and employee relations issues. Although my background is also I am a fellow of the CIPD, so have those qualifications as well. So it's really advising employers in terms of complying with the law and trying to avoid them getting into trouble. Very good. And so with the menopause in the workplace, we gave a presentation together, didn't we, a few years ago now? That's right. So that was at Waitman's for CIPD, wasn't it? Mm. So tell me a bit about that, if you don't mind. Yeah. So we did a joint presentation where I covered the employment law aspects of how having an employee who is going through the menopause may impact in the workplace, what their employment law rights are, what obligations employers have towards those individuals, really covered within the equality legislation and practical things that employers should also consider in terms of making perhaps the workplace more kind of menopausal friendly, making it an environment where women feel that they are able to approach HR to discuss issues that they have where that might impact in terms of their performance or absence or just general working environment and that general openness and culture within the organisation that would encourage that. And following on from that, you were then talking about the impact that the menopause has on, on women how that might look and the various kind of symptoms and how they may appear and impact on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, because it's a it's a huge problem in the fact that menopause affects all women. So most working women will experience the perimenopause or menopause while they're at work. And certainly a few years ago before I was doing as much menopause work, I didn't even think about the impact of menopause in the workplace because I suppose naively, I didn't realise the psychological impact, the effect on women's brains and their memory, their concentration, their energy levels, and all these having such an effect on the workplace in a very negative way often. And a lot of women still don't realise that their symptoms are due to their hormones. Mm -hmm. So it must be very difficult for employers to recognise it and to have this culture of Talking about it, I suppose, in the same way that mental health wasn't really talked about 20 years ago, and now it is. What are your thoughts about that? Exactly. And I think there's a mix. As you say, a lot of people don't perhaps necessarily recognise the symptoms themselves. So 
even if they were somebody who was willing to be open, they might be going through a performance or absence management process where perhaps the reason that they are off sick with various conditions might be because of menopausal symptoms which they haven't even clocked, or their performance, particularly to say if, if it's issues relating to concentration and forgetfulness, the impact on their being able to achieve the tasks, or perhaps other symptoms that just mean they're not able to do things as quickly because perhaps they're sort of distracted by having to go to the toilet a lot or things like that. You know, those all can impact on performance and they might be taken through a performance management process. The employee may have no idea that actually it's due to the menopause because they've not really explored that or are aware of what the symptoms are. And the employer may not because the individual hasn't raised why they're struggling in terms of the performance, what it is that's causing them to have those difficulties. So you might have a situation where actually someone goes through the absence process and they go through the performance process and actually the symptoms may be because of the menopause and the individual is unaware. Or it may be that actually you've got an individual who is too embarrassed to talk about the fact that actually they are being forgetful or they're having to take time away quite a bit because they have to go to the toilet or they keep having to get drinks or whatever it might be because they are just too embarrassed to talk about it with their manager either because there's just not that openness about talking about the menopause generally in society I think that's improving a bit but very much in the in the workplace I think a lot of employers are trying to do more to encourage more openness in relation to that and you know putting in place menopause policies but it's going to be a a slow move but also you know if somebody's manager is of the opposite sex the individual may feel quite embarrassed and quite reluctant or even of a different age to actually talk about those things although you would hope that if there is an HR department they'd be able to speak to HR but not all organizations have HR departments. No, and it's very difficult, isn't it? Because it's about recognising it first before anything else, isn't it? And I mean, do employers have a duty to educate about menopause or or, or do they not? I mean, I don't know how it works. Are they obliged to? There's not a duty as such to educate about the menopause. I mean, the duty for employers, they will have their health and safety obligations towards individuals and obviously have to carry out risk assessments on that side of things. And they also have obligations under the Equality Act not to discriminate against people. And I suppose the areas where the menopause can impact on the Equality Act is that if, for example, somebody is perhaps suffering quite severely from menopausal symptoms, it could be that they may qualify as a disabled person. Mm -hmm. And there was a Scottish tribunal case, Davies and Scottish Courts and Tribunals, where um, Mrs Davies suffered very badly from menopausal symptoms. She had heavy periods, she had forgetfulness, and that resulted in an incident taking place in the workplace where she couldn't remember whether she'd put her medication in a jug of water that had been 
made available for the public. And she was dismissed for gross misconduct. And one of the first issues for the tribunal to decide is whether or not she was a disabled person because she claimed unfair dismissal and disability discrimination. And of course, if she wasn't a disabled person, the disability discrimination claim would fall away. And the tribunal said, well, looking at her situation, she qualified as a disabled person. So she had a physical or mental impairment Mm -hmm. that had a substantial long-term adverse effect on her ability to carry out normal day-to-day activities. And when looking to see whether someone comes within that definition, you have to disregard any medication that they've got. Now, that doesn't mean to say everybody who, well, all women who go through the menopause are going to be disabled because it impacts, as you know, Louise, on people in different ways. And some people might glide through it and other people will struggle. But on the basis that the menopause process can go on for a number of years, then it's quite feasible that if the effects are severe, that someone will qualify as a disabled person. And in that situation, she was dismissed for gross misconduct because they thought that she had lied about whether she could remember the medication had gone in the water. And that was found to have discriminated against her because it was unfavourable treatment because of something arising as a consequence of her disability. Now, in terms of disability discrimination cases where people are claiming they're disabled because of the menopause, we haven't really seen any others that I'm aware of that are reported cases. But I think that's perhaps only a matter of time. And maybe because individuals are just wanting to still get on with the situation and trying to address things in the workplace. No one should want to try and bring a claim. It's about getting the support in the workplace. But if employers are aware that actually someone who is undergoing the menopause may well be a disability, it perhaps will raise their awareness as to what obligations there are under the Equality Act. I think that's really big, but it's really important as well. I mean, I think if you ask the average person, not that anyone's average, but, you know, on the street, would the menopause be a disability? Of course they would say no. Mm -hmm. Menopause is a natural process. So why on earth are we talking about it as a disability? And actually, before you gave that presentation, and I remember very clearly seeing your slide about the definition of a disability, which you so eloquently just repeated then, about it being mental and or physical, you know, with longer term, well, that persists, I should say, then of course, there are lots of women, you know, I see every day in my clinic, women who have memory problems, who have fatigue, who have some women tell me they can't even walk down the stairs, they're in so much pain because of their joint aches. But it's mainly the psychological symptoms that are really affecting them at workplace. And I've spoken to a lot of women who tell me they can't remember their login details. They've logged in the same password every day. They can't remember they're sitting and looking at their screen. They can't remember whether they've even been to a meeting or not, let alone the minutes and the notes that they've taken. And they know they're not safe at work. And a lot of these women are really worried that they've got dementia or they're really worried that they're not up to their job. And I did a presentation just before the first lockdown in London for a big company and when I finished, I looked around the audience and a lady would burst into tears, which often happens when I talk. But she had said that eight years ago, she had been promoted at work and she felt she was a bit young to be promoted to this such a high position that she had. And every day since then, she'd really struggled with her work and she had struggled with actually keeping her job. And she was finally, she would bring a lot of work home. She was incredibly tired. And it was only when she heard me talking, she was thinking back and realised the day of her last period was eight years ago. So her periods had stopped and she thought, mm. 
the stress of the job had just made her period stop and she thought nothing more about periods, menopause. She was in her early 40s, so thought, well, menopause is something older women get. And I've since had a message from her to say she's now taking HRT, she's just transformed and she wishes she'd known what she does now eight years ago. So we don't grow up, do we, thinking, or I certainly didn't think the menopause would affect my ability to work as a doctor. didn't even cross my mind. But it's hard, isn't it? Because is it the employer's duty or is it the woman's duty to have the right knowledge and information about something that's going to happen to her? I suppose it's an awareness perhaps by employers to be aware that there will be Mm. employees within the workplace who are menopausal and that when situations arise that mean that perhaps there are aspects of their job that they are unable to do, that they could be a disabled person. And if so, there may be a duty to make reasonable adjustments if they're put at a substantial disadvantage because of, for example, the employer's policy or physical features of of the premises, etc. So, you know, that might be something that employers need to look at in terms of the working environment. You know, could somebody perhaps be closer to the toilets in a more temperature controlled environment? It might be adjustments in terms of their working hours. For example, if an individual is perhaps struggling with sleeping or hot flushes and going on public transport just makes it unbearable, then could perhaps an adjustment be the change of working hours for that individual or the facility to work from home, which we're becoming more and more used to anyway. Obviously, each situation will depend on the particular case, the circumstances of the case. But it's that general awareness that obviously from a good practice point of view, if you have an employee who is struggling, then from an employee relations point of view, an HR point of view, it's trying to do what you can to accommodate and to support that individual. But If the individual qualifies as a disabled person, then there may be additional obligations that arise because of the duty not to discriminate and the obligation to make reasonable adjustments if those circumstances arise. But many of the things that perhaps an individual might need, you would hope where they could be, could be accommodated regardless of whether they're a disabled person. Yeah, absolutely. And it is about awareness. And actually, it would make sense for employers. You know, I'm an employer, I employ quite a few staff here, and we have a very transparent menopause policy. And I'd like to think that all my staff have access to top quality treatment if they want it as well. But actually, my hidden agenda is I want to get the most out of my staff. I want them to enjoy their job. I want them to work hard. I want everyone to have a great working environment that's safe for them as well. So actually, if my menopausal staff get looked after better, they're going to stay at work and they're going to are going to get more out of them as well. So there are reasons, aren't there? It's not just ticking a box. And I find some companies maybe have, um, I've, I know I've gone to talk to some companies and given an hour presentation to some of their senior management and they tick the box and say, we've done menopause. And they sort of think, oh, that's it, because it's just something about needing a fan. But actually, when you think about it more, actually, the more employers that are involved and do understand, the more they can signpost or help their staff, the better their staff are going to be and the more likely they're going to stay with them as well. Because it costs a lot of money, doesn't it, to invest in 
new staff, if all your staff in their 40s, 50s are reducing their hours or going off or leaving their jobs. Exactly. And also the other thing is if as an organisation you are raising awareness, then it's not just raising awareness to encourage individuals where they have difficulties to come forward. As you said, a lot of people don't even realise that perhaps some of the Mm -hmm. symptoms that they are experiencing may be menopausal. I mean, I know of people my age who don't recognise that some of the symptoms they've got may be menopausal. Now, it might not be. I'm not a medic, but it could be one of a number of things. So by having a kind of open policy then it might help individuals raise their own awareness and then say, well, actually, I'm struggling with this, but it might be because of X, Y, and Z, might be because of the menopause. Maybe I should just go and see my doctor, go and get specialist advice to see whether or not there's anything that can assist me in terms of managing that. But if the individuals don't know themselves that that might be what their symptoms are. So again, raising that awareness may help the employers by helping the employees help themselves. And what we've also got to remember is that, you know, the workplace isn't just full of women. You know, there are men whose other halves may be going through the menopause and they might want a bit more of understanding. So just from an employee relations point of view, that information might just help them on a personal level. But they might be struggling as well because they might be having someone at home who's really struggling. So when they come into work, they might be tired. You know, they might be struggling because they're having to take on more responsibility. So they might want support as well, whether that's employee assistance program, whether it's just being able to speak to HR. So it's not necessarily a purely female issue in the workplace. No, you're totally right. And even for younger women might be thinking, oh, it's not for me. One of the um, administrators who work with us is only 21 Mm. and she is really realising more and more how important it is to know, not just for her future, but also her mother, her auntie, her, you know, her friends' mothers. And it's recognising it. And I think what I notice working with Messerina's police is There are a lot of women who were signed off work with depression, with migraines, with anxiety. And we did a survey and 78% of women didn't realise their symptoms were menopausal until they were given information. Mm -hmm. And actually, they were quite relieved to know that they didn't have clinical depression and they didn't have something else going on. And it was, you know, sometimes it's not even about getting treatment. It's just getting the right diagnosis. And Like you say, for a lot of men, they were reassured. And some people have said to me, well, if you're making all this aware, people are going to use the menopause as an excuse for forgetting something or not doing a good job. And I certainly have never met a menopausal woman who doesn't want to help herself and get better. Mm -hmm. So I don't think that would sort of stand up almost. I don't know what your feeling is, but certainly employers have really changed how they want to look after their staff. And I think the reason that menopause has been neglected is not because employers haven't wanted to, it's just they haven't thought about it and they haven't known how to engage. But I think the more companies that do involve, the better they feel, isn't it? It sort of has a ripple effect and a really positive effect on um, companies. Yes. And the other thing to consider is that many companies also have occupational health support. So there's that available as well, where further investigation may be required in terms of how best to 
assist individuals in the workplace and support them. And that will also, if someone isn't genuine, then you would expect that to come out in an occupational health report. But I think that may be a fear because there will always be a few employees, whatever category or arena or whatever, who may over-egg whatever their scenario is, regardless of whether it's menopause or whatever. But I think um, that's just human beings. Of course it is. Of course it is. And some people have said, well, I don't want to be, you know, labelled. I don't want to have a badge saying I'm menopausal, treat me differently. And I completely understand that as well. And certainly when I was experiencing symptoms for far too many months than I should have done, I was struggling at work and feeling very tired and just fed up and finding it very difficult to remember And then when I realised myself, I managed to receive the right help and treatment. Mm. So I never spoke to my employers about it. But actually, if one of the receptionists says to me, Louise, do you think it might be hormones the way you're feeling? Goodness me, I would have hugged her because it would have stopped a few more months of (laughs) symptoms. So it's about having a choice whether you want to bring it into work or not. And I think having a policy at work doesn't mean that every single menopausal woman has to engage with that does it no but actually what you said it does flag up another kind of potential risk area in that the other situation is for employers to ensure that the workplace is free from harassment Mm. so although in your scenario you might say it actually would have been helpful if the receptionist had said you can also imagine the situation where comments are made about people, Mm. not in a supportive basis, but, oh, it's your hormones, it's your age, it's your time of life, which could amount to harassment. You know, if there are derogatory Mm. comments in the workplace about people going through the menopause, it might not specifically be referenced, the menopause, but along the lines of, you know, it's that time of life, you know, you're having hot flushes, etc., then you could be dealing with a situation of harassment, which is unlawful under the Equality Act, if it's unwanted conduct that has the effect of or purpose of violating that person's dignity. And that could be on the basis of sex, could be the basis of age, or it could be if the menopause conditions mean that the individual is disabled, disability harassment. Mm. So again, that comes back to having that culture where people understand what the menopause is, but also what is and isn't acceptable to say. Yeah, and that's so important because menopause has always been a butt of jokes, hasn't it? You know, hormones are always a bit of, oh, it's the time of month, like you say. But actually, menopause or woman, if you Google menopause woman cartoon, there's a lot of women with fans with sweat dripping off them. It's all very funny. But actually, for a lot of menopause or women, it's not funny at all. It could be very isolating. It could be very lonely. They have low self-esteem, low self-worth, confusion. And then for someone to laugh when you're feeling vulnerable is horrendous. So it's really important. And for a lot of women, myself included, I see more of my work colleagues than I do of my husbands just (laughs) because I work so hard. And it's good to be able to sometimes open up and have a platform but you don't want to do it if you're going to be judged you know Mm. what I wouldn't have wanted to have done is to tell one of the partners at work I'm really struggling to remember the dose of an antibiotic I've prescribed for the last 20 years and then then discipline me I hadn't made a mistake but I had to check what I did so hard so it is finding a balance isn't it because you don't want people to make mistakes 
but you want to help them so they know why they're making the yeah. mistakes, if you see what I'm, or potentially making mistakes. Exactly. And I think some environments are easier perhaps to be able to accommodate or be accommodated. You know, where someone perhaps is in an office environment is a very different environment than someone who's working on the shop floor. So, yeah, it's a whole can of worms really, isn't it? And it's just trying to unpick and help as many people as possible and it's interesting because when you were talking about partners being affected I did some work with West Midlands Fire Brigade and most of them are men but a lot of them are men in their 40s some in their 50s and the general feeling when I was talking to occupational health department was that they are seeing a lot of men who were stressed who are having problems maybe relationship problems and a lot of Men find it very hard when their partners have changed because they're not going home to the same person. They're maybe going home to someone who's irritable, who's short-tempered, who's too tired to cook them supper if that's what they used to do for them. And a lot of um, men aren't actually getting sexual intercourse. And, you know, we're very British. We don't like talking about sex, but... We know actually from some studies that men who have regular sex actually perform better at work. They're calmer. So they're not going to go into work and say, you know what, I've not had sex for six months with my partner. And actually that has effects. And if they know that, oh gosh, my partner's menopausal, it's not because they don't like me or don't love me or don't want to be with me. That can make a big difference. And certainly patients I have whose partners have recognised their menopause have felt so wonderful that their partner's part of their journey with them. And so it shouldn't be mm. a woman's only menopause discussion at work. I really feel strongly about that um, because it is so revealing. And actually men, once they understand, can be even more compassionate in some ways than women. It's quite interesting seeing how people see it from a middle-aged woman with a fan condition to a Mm-hmm. really a mental health condition, a physical condition, a condition that's associated with health risks and yeah. a condition that can actually lead to a lot of women leaving their jobs. No one wants any of their employees to leave their jobs because of something that could potentially receive treatment for. Exactly, and losing all that experience and knowledge and having to recruit someone else and train them up, isn't it? You know, it's hugely time-consuming and, and can be costly as well when it's something that might easily be addressed and by supporting the individual or being aware of what can be done, perhaps, to mm. overcome the problems in the workplace. Yeah, absolutely. So, no, that's really interesting and really good advice, and I'm sure a lot of food for thought for many of you that are listening, and I really appreciate your time that you've given up to record this today, Victoria. So, Before you go, would you be able to give me just three take-home tips for employers who are thinking about menopause and maybe just tips for how to get the conversation started and and just some simple measures they might be able to help? Okay, so I think... It depends in what scenario. I mean, as an organisation, it may be to put in place menopause policy and to communicate that to the workforce as a whole programme. I mean, it's quite glib just to say that. It has to be a well thought out process with training of people in a kind of supervisory management position so that they are able to speak with the individuals, recognise the signs. But if, for example, you're in a situation where 
somebody is perhaps being performance managed or absence managed or even just on a return to work. It's just making sure that the conversation is open to enable that person to talk about any issues that might be impacting on their performance. You can't tell them what the reason might be, but, you know, to ask open questions, you know, is there anything that might be impacting your on your absence or performance that we need to know or that we perhaps can support you with? And I think those are probably the sort of two main issues, but there's a, a lot of sort of resources out there for employers, whether CIPD and ACAS, and, you know, for perhaps managers who aren't sure or supervisors, it's for them to speak to their HR teams to say, look, you know, what should I do? How can I best support this individual? You know, I don't know whether the menopause may be an issue, but how can I enable this employee to come forward if that is the case? I don't know whether that answers the question. (laughs) Yeah, no, brilliant. I think it's really good. And I think the most important thing is if a woman who's a working woman is listening, there are places to go for help and certainly speaking to HR, speaking to colleagues, even, you know, trying to implement something in your own workplace if there's nothing there. And for employers, I think hopefully listening to this has made them realise that the menopause really needs to be thought of seriously to help their employees, both male and female. So thank you ever so much, Victoria. It's been great. Thank you for having me, Louise. For more information about the perimenopause and menopause, you can go to my website, menopausedoctor.co.uk, or you can download our free app called Balance, available through the App Store and Google Play. Google Play.